Welcome back to Conti Forum in Chestnut Hill, Mass. With the score at the end of two periods, fourth-ranked Boston College leads Merrimack 5-1. to one. This is Mike Mack alongside John Leahy. Tonight's second intermission is brought to you by Merrimack Graduate Studies. At Merrimack, you can earn your master's degree in as little as one year. Choose from graduate programs in business, education, engineering, health sciences, criminology, and so much more. Visit merrimack.edu backslash graduate today for all the details. Well, for the final time this year, Mike McMahon joins us from MacReport.com, College Hockey News, the Eagle Tribune and NeutralZone.net. And, uh, well, Mike, I'm sure, you know, they had, uh, had thoughts and designs on maybe finishing the, the season here with a win, their last game of the season uh, for the Warriors. We know they won't make the playoffs, so it's their last game of the regular season and of the overall season. Uh, but BC has just proven to be too much here tonight. Yeah, BC's been too much for a lot of teams this year. <laughs> Number four in the country, I think they are coming in here, right? And they, they score a ton of goals, and they, they've really turned it on in the second half. I mean, that, that new hook line, that freshman line, with Newhook, Boldy, and I think is it Hardman that's with them as well, uh, are just lighting teams up. Like since the middle of January, just lighting. I think Alex Newhook has like two points per two points per not a point per game, two points per game uh, since around the first of February. So uh, they've just been they've been throttling teams really uh, this second half, and just another example here tonight. They're on a roll. All right. Uh, first of all, before we get into talking about, I guess, kind of season review for hockey, uh, any update on basketball, men's basketball, yeah. going for the uh, Northeast Conference title if they were to, to win the game tonight? They're playing Central Connecticut State. Well, what, what do you have, have for us on that? Uh, there's about nine minutes left in that game. They're up by 15, 55-40. So in good shape, uh, Central Connecticut, one of the weaker, well, in last place in the NEC, so one of the weaker teams in the conference. And it, it looks like they may close it out, uh, up 15 with nine minutes left. And Merrimack, one of the better defensive teams, yeah. not only in the league, one of the better defensive mid-major teams in the country. So uh, they're, they're looking to be in good shape right now. Where were they picked? Uh, I think they were picked to finish last. I, I don't, most of the teams were picked to finish last. Uh, I believe they were picked to finish last. Wow. Yeah. Uh, women's basketball also is going to finish strong, right? Uh, they are, yeah. I think they're, they're like 11-4 and four in conference. It looks like they're going to finish either third or fourth. Uh, there's some postseason tournaments that they could qualify for as well. So it looks like both basketball teams could end up in the postseason. Uh, not uh, not in the NCAA tournament, obviously, but uh, the women's program could play in the women's NIT because that's not run by the NCAA. The men's side it is. Uh, but even if they don't qualify for the NIT, there's, there's some other postseason tournaments that they could play in. I think the WBI is is one that it's, I think the women's basketball invitational is one, uh, and then the men's team. I believe I know they've already been invited to the CIT. I think they're going to get invited to the CBI too, so they'll have a pick of, of where they want to go and what they want to do. Chance that they'll have a home game, either one of them. Uh, so it, it depends. I, I believe with both of those, uh, with both of those tournaments, I think the home games, oddly enough, are determined on who pays to host them. Uh, that's how the tournament is a privately run tournament, so that's how they make their money. Uh, I think they need guarantees. <laughs> Similar to the Hockey East tournament. I mean, the Hockey East tournament, if you're finishing the top four, you host, but you have to guarantee Hockey East a certain amount per game. I think it's $25,000 for game one and two, and then 15000 for game three. So you may need to, if you have a three-game series in your building, you gotta, you have to guarantee Hockey East $65,000. It's similar with the CBI and the CIT. Uh, some of those games, I think, are broadcast on CBS Sports Network. I think, at least in the CBI's case, they are. So, uh, you know, you can pay some money, and from a marketing standpoint, you can get your, your program on TV. Uh, but I think I'm almost positive. I'm not 100% sure. I'm almost positive that's how those those home games are determined. Though. All right. Well, what's going to happen here? Hockey, uh, 
they'll finish in 10th place uh, with a record, assuming this holds up uh, what we see right now, they'll finish 9-22 and 3, 7-14-3 uh, in league play. How will you look back on this season, I guess, part, at least partly uh, in comparison to last season? Yeah, I mean, aside from just the wins and losses, I'm looking at a lot of the other numbers, and you're looking at uh, shots for shots for per game being down a little bit, but shots against being down a lot. Uh, goals for being up a considerable amount. I mean, I'd, I'd have to look. They're at .6 or .7 goals per game improvement over last year, whatever they're at, close to .7 uh, in, the, in the .6s. That's probably one of the bigger improvements in the country. I'd have to go back, obviously, and look, but not many teams have their goal dif- their goals for fluctuate by a half goal or more uh, over the course of one season. So uh, that's definitely an improvement. Their goals against has come down, even though the save percentage has, hasn't been great over the course of the year, and that's team save percentage. Uh, so I think you look at just the, the overall metrics, and I mean, they've also won more games. Uh, the goal differential in the league is, is way improved, uh, even with this, even with this game tonight. So uh, uh, you know, I think you got to look at those numbers and, and say that they clearly took a step this year, which is really all that was expected. Uh, they were picked to finish last in Hockey East. They're not going to, uh, but they're still going to finish out of the playoffs. But I think you look at the numbers and you look at the improvement over last year's numbers uh, and realizing that this team has 16 freshmen uh, so many in so many key roles. It was 16 freshmen, obviously so many of them are in key roles. So the fact that they had so many first-year players and were able to improve, uh, improve a lot of their metrics at the rate that they did, uh, I think is, is a pretty impressive thing, especially, especially those goal numbers. Yeah, I think a couple of things that I had uh, thought of in looking at things recently, you know, they're going to have jumped from 10 points in league play to 17, so that's, a, what, a 70% increase in points, so that's a plus. Uh, certainly there was almost nowhere to go but up in that category, oh, but, yeah. but regard, regardless. <laughs> and then the uh, the special teams, it's one of the things I've noticed as we've uh, you know, as we've gone throughout the season is that the power play and the, and the penalty kill have both been in the upper half of Hockey East, and, and at least uh, I think power play has been fourth or third uh, much of the year. I don't know where it's going to end up, but you know that's certainly improved a great deal. Now, one of my questions to you about that is, with, with the loss of Tyler Irvine and Sammy Tavernier, how much will that hurt that area, but at the same time, will they get helped by some of the guys that are coming in or going to be able to, to play who got hurt this year and missed much of the season? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, we got to remember that they, they've been out without Jordan Seifert and Badger Kramer for, well, for essentially the whole season. Season. I mean, three quarters of the season anyway. And those are two guys that were playing in their top six. So not only are they young, they're young and they lost two top six forwards in November. Right. And uh, then Forsmark. And then Forsmark, arguably their best freshman forward, wasn't able to play. They rave about him. Have you seen him at all? Uh, I've seen him in practice, yeah. Yeah, and he, he looks good. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, you add him to your roster next year, you get Kramer and Seifert back. And then next year, you look at that recruiting class, and it really is, it's the year of the forward. You know, I think they obviously, they had a bunch of forwards in this year's class. Uh, I, I think a lot of them. Uh, are are really good in their roles as as energy players, penalty kill players. I mean, I don't know that the forwards they brought in this year are going to really be the ones that you want to rely upon to say, hey, I want you need to score us twenty goals. The ones coming in next year have more uh, of that background, I think. And uh, you're adding those three players we just talked about, the two that were hurt and Forsmark, and then you add Alex Jeffries and Mark Hillier and Jacob Lee's having an unbelievable year in the Alberta League, and he's an older player. He's twenty years old, so I think you're really going to see him get relied upon almost right away. And uh, even those younger guys, though, I mean. 
they're going to come in and, and uh, be relied upon to, to contribute right away. So this year's kind of the year of the defensemen with Carlisle and Ewins and all the, I mean, the, all of their defensemen essentially are freshmen, <laughs> with the exception of two. In uh, Carlisle and Ewins obviously making as much noise as they did. Uh, next year's class kind of feels like it's the the, the class of, of the forward. Well, you've only got four. You look at the of the twelve forwards. You've only got four of them that you lose. The four seniors: Tyler Drevich, Tyler Irvine, Sammy Tavernier, Griff Jeska. You know. So, and then you talk about as, as you mentioned the three guys who should have been playing this year who weren't in Forsmark, uh, Kramer, and Seifert. You know, and those are like at the worst. I'd say top nine guys. You know, and, most, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. and several of them probably at least top six. But uh, and then the guys that you add in. So you've had some guys I think that have contributed. Uh, you know, from a, a standpoint here. Of being, uh, you know, younger players like Kimmins and Walsh, Welsher. You know, he had a goal tonight, right? Ben Brar, obviously. You know, and we've talked about him. Guys who have come in and been able to contribute like that, and it's going to be tough. I think a battle for the, the you know, who's going to get the ice time among the the four lines next year with everybody that they're going to have. I think it is too. Yeah, no, I, I really do. And, and you look at the number of freshman forwards they have this year that have cracked ten points. I mean, that's it's kind of freshman forwards. I mean, I kind of look. If you have 10, 15 points as a freshman, that's a pretty good freshman year. You know, not many guys come in and have a 30-point freshman year. It happens, but... I mean, BC's got new hook and bully, but they're first-round picks. Exactly, yeah. I mean, and, it, and it happened with Chase Greesock last year. I think he had 24. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, those... Brett Cini did it, and I think Jace Henning did it, but th- those years are not... They're not common, you know, uh, especially not from 18-year-old freshmen. Cini did it as an 18-year-old freshman. Henning did it as a 20-year-old. I think Greesock was 19 or 20 last year, so they've got a lot of guys coming in next year. They're going to be 18, so that, that even more so. Uh, you know, I think a 10 or 15-point freshman year is a good one. But, yeah, I mean... You, you look at the freshmen on this year's roster that have cracked that 10-point barrier and have kind of inching towards 15, whether it's Kimmins, Brar, Welsher. Uh, Liam Walsh, I think, is pretty close. Right? He's got 10, yeah. So uh, th- these are guys that have had pretty good freshman years. And like you said, you add those three guys back in the lineup plus the freshmen that are coming in, uh, it's going to be tight. You know, there's going to be a lot of competition for ice time next year. And there hasn't been – that forward group, there really hasn't been this year because of guys they lost to injury, uh, a guy like Forsmark that wasn't able to play, Joey Cassetti leaves in the middle of the year. So the forward lines have kind of been what they've been for, for really the entire second half. All right, I know we do have to go. Uh, last question, goaltending quickly, if you can, in the, you know 30 seconds or less, what happens with goaltending next year? I know that they've got an, another goaltender coming in next year, along with the free, three freshmen they have right now. Yeah, I, mean, it's, I, I think it's up in the air. You know, I think Zach Borgiel is going to come in, and, and he's playing really, he's ranking as one of the top three goaltenders in the BCHL. So it would be hard to, to imagine a scenario where, where he doesn't come in and, and play right away. And then, you know, I, I think, you know, this is just a guess on my part, I think they're going to keep their eyes open on what's available as far as uh, as far as graduate transfers. They were, they were in on a couple of grad transfers last year. Uh, they, they, none of them ended up landing here. They all ended up in other schools, but uh, one of them was Frank Marat. Look at the type of year he's having at Clarkson. I mean, you could use that on, on this team for sure. So I think they're going to keep their eyes open for the over, keep their eyes open there as well, and, and see if anything presents itself. Mike, thanks as always. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, one of the sad things about this, we'll get to talk to you again uh, during intermissions, but I'm sure we'll get to do it next year, folks. Check out his work at the Mac Report. Uh, well, well worth your time, and also the Eagle Tribune, College Hockey News, NeutralZone.net. Our season ends here. I know yours does, and you're going to be covering the Hockey East and NCAA tournaments, I'm sure. Mike, thanks as always, and we'll talk to you again down the road. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And uh, quickly, my son Tyler's at home listening. He listens to a lot of these, and he better be behaving himself. I hope so. (laughs) Or or we'll be having a conversation when I get home. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Thanks again, Mike. Uh, We'll see you next year. (laughs) Thanks, Mike. All right, Mike McMahon, our guest here with the score, BC5, Merrimack 1. John and I are back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.